Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Oh, hi, friends. We're back. Look at this. We're figuring out how to do this again. Here we are. First and foremost, congratulations to you. Now a verified personality on Instagram and viral yet again. It was, I don't even know what the hell happened. And I was like, I truly have no idea what happened. I know that Instagram had reached out and said, you should probably verify yourself so nobody takes over your account. So I don't know what triggered that. It happened at the same time that one of my vi- reels uh, so on Instagram, it's a reel. Uh, on TikTok, it's a TikTok. But it was a reel that I had posted, which was actually a TikTok video of myself and the voice of Siri. Her name is Susan Bennett. And I did this video a long time ago, and I posted it a while ago. I don't know, Scott, who picked up on it. Um, someone commented that they saw it on, like, a famous person's Instagram. I don't know who that famous person is. Oh. So I'm trying to track down. I was in Vegas. Okay, so I'm in Vegas. It's, like, Wednesday. I'll tell you what happened. So I'm in Vegas, and that's when I get a note. You should probably verify your account. So I said, fine, whatever. I verified it through their means of verification. And then I guess it happened because I was, I really wasn't watching my social a lot, but all of a sudden I, I noticed, I'm like, what the heck is this? Like over 10,000 notifications. What? Like what is happening right now? And uh, my, my reel with Susan is over 6 million views now on Instagram. Holy shit. Even though I posted it like a while ago. So someone caught on to it. Again, apparently a famous person. I have no idea who this famous person is. If I could track down the source, that'd be great. I can't figure it out because I got to it way too late. So it's not like I saw the initial, this person shared my shared my reel. I didn't even get that. All I got was, and I could show you now because it's probably still happening. So 23 stories mention you. So at any given moment when I was away on vacation, it said 57, 67 stories mention you. So people were just sharing it like hmm. crazy and following me off of that. I got about 60,000 extra followers. I don't even, again, I did nothing. Like I have no idea what happened. It just all went boop, 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 boop. Um, I don't know what it is. My husband's like, maybe it's because you're in Vegas. So like you're, because it goes by local, like locale. Like I have what, no they figure idea. you're in Vegas, so you need to be verified? No, no, it had nothing to do with verification. Uh-huh. It had nothing to do with verification. I'm saying how the reel just got picked up. Anyway, so then I had Scott, huh, like thousands of DMs. Like th- some of them were stupid, right? Just dumb ones. Uh, but thousands of DMs from people asking me questions and wanting to know more about this, that, and the next thing. And I, I couldn't even reply to them. Like I can't even reply to everybody. So I put a Instagram story out. And that's when I said, don't, if you know who I am, don't worry about this. But there's people DMing me like crazy. It was insane because it already happened all over TikTok. And now it's like Instagram had picked it up. You know what I mean? Crazy. Well, that's good. You picked up a lot of followers. And hey, let's talk about Vegas since you brought it up. Yeah. How was that trip? Vegas was incredible as per usual. It was our first first trip away without kids. I mean, we d- we've done hotel nights like one night. You know what I mean? But we've never been away from our kids before. And this was since we had kids, obviously. So six, no, seven years. It's been like seven years since we went away together. So it was nice. Uh, it was good. We we went to we chose Vegas just because we'd gotten married in Vegas. We know Vegas like the back of our hand. It was like our fifth time there, I think, something like that. And yeah, it was incredible. It didn't change at all in all the best ways. 
Went to old downtown one night, saw a new Cirque show that's there. Well, sorry, new for me, Matt Apple. It's been at the New York, New York for a while, but that was a great show. So different than any other one. It's actually no kids allowed. Uh, you have to be plus 16 plus uh, to go to these shows. And so that was interesting. It was good. And Gordon Ramsay Steakhouse, of course. What are the entree prices like there now? If I wanted just a good steak and a couple of sides, what's that going to cost well, me in Vegas? What kind of steak is the question? The tomahawk's about 175 Oh, okay. But I'm actually, that doesn't seem that bad, to be honest. American, just keep in mind, that's more like $250 Canadian. Oh, my God. Don't the- forget the American. Yeah, like our dollar shit. So every, add on like an extra f- like 30% to everything. Um, I did the Beef Wellington. That was a little more reasonable, although it might make people go, what the? F-? It was 70, I think I want it's like 79 or something, US. So again, that's probably closer to like 130 you don't really get much sides and stuff with it, you know, but it's, it's you're there for the steak is right. what you're there for. So um, you had a bottle of wine. How much did that hurt? Um, th- uh, I don't remember. Yes. <laughs> I tried <laughs> I not. To, I tried to forget <laughs> uh-huh. I- instantly. Um, went to P.F. Chang's one night, too. That was nice. That's a good restaurant. Uh, yeah, I didn't. We didn't do a lot of like fancy restaurants, though. Honestly, we were pretty like low key Cabo Wabo kind of thing. Like, let's just go get a salad here and then like spend our money elsewhere. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, hey, that's great. I'm glad you had a good time. Uh, I oh, have and a- the Knights game. Sorry, the Golden Knights game. I do want to mention if you get the chance to go to a Golden Knights game, do it. You never know who's going to be there. Celebrities just show up. We got to. We sat right in front of where the Welcome to the Fortress sign is, where they have the drummers and the dancers. And that was a really cool spot because I got to talk to the PA announcer, actually, who does what you do for the Toronto Rock games for Vegas. So I was chatting with him for a bit. But anyway, it was an awesome experience all around outside the venue, too. They do it so well, as you can imagine. It's Vegas. But they do it so right, so well. The location's fantastic because you just walk up the strip to go to a game. Uh, Anyway, great. I would definitely highly recommend you go see a Golden Knights game while you're there. Fantastic. Are those tickets still fairly reasonable? They're not bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're not. It depends. What, well, they're they were expensive, but that's just because they're going to the playoffs, and this was the game right before the playoffs that I went to. So they were expensive, but on like a regular, on like your regular season game, it's probably not that bad. Hey, the Leafs have clinched a playoff spot yeah. back here in Toronto. Ticket prices for Game One are around eight hundred bucks a ticket. Yeah, like see, they're they're dumb. It's here. crazy. Like they're dumb. And if you want to go to a Rangers playoff game in New York, they're up over a thousand dollars resale for Game One. Wow. How can people afford this shit right now? I don't understand it. I don't know either. I'm not sure if uh, it's a mix of people knowing the right people and then obviously just people who have money that buy it up. Makes sense. I had a strange vacation. So <laughs> I'm, <laughs> mine's a little different from Kat's. You went to Vegas, and that's great. I'm glad. I had every intention of going down to visit my son in the States. However, there was two things that came up. Number one, he has exams. And number two, uh, a lot of people messaged me after seeing this on, on social media. But a friend of mine passed away, 37 mm-hmm. years old. It was Steve who owns La Casa Dolce Bakery. I think if you're a longtime listener, you know that, hey, that's one of my favorite places. Everything they make, I love. Mm-hmm. And Steve had taken over the business when his father passed away. And then uh, right before Easter, Steve just had a, I believe it was a stroke caused from blood clots. 37 years old. So, mm. so sad. Um, Steve was a really great guy. Steve made my, um, my, and you're the one that brought, that that turned me on to the uh, La Casa Dolce 
team. They're incredible and and definitely encourage anyone to go out there and, and check them out if you haven't. But he made my daughter's, one of my daughter's cakes for her birthday. Aww. And I remember him just being such a sweetheart. And he wouldn't let me leave without giving me a couple extra things. on. He's like, no, don't go. I'm going to pack you a box of other stuff for you to try. And like just a s- sweet guy. You could just... Um, Uh, He's going to be so missed. Yeah, he definitely will be. So that was a shock. I mean, I didn't think I was at the age yet when my friends are dying, but Mm -hmm. it's, I don't know what caused it. I'm not a doctor, but it's, it's definitely concerning when someone that young and in that good a health, just all of a sudden Mm -hmm. drops dead. So thoughts uh, are with the Viola family. All right, Kat, there's a lot of things that I want to get to in this episode of After 9. We'll cover as much as we can. And a reminder that at the end of this episode, you can hear today's Missed Connections. It's official. The Public Service Alliance of Canada has announced we have a strike starting Wednesday. Oh, boy. I was just texting with my sister, who is a member of the Public Service Alliance of Canada. Okay, what's she saying? She just got hired. And she's like, fuck, now we're on strike? Come on. Apparently, they've planned some super picket zones, and her office is one of them. So government buildings on Wednesday in many of the large cities across Canada are going to be occupied with picketers. This is everything from the passport office to the Canada Revenue Agency. And in case you haven't noticed, the tax deadline is in less than two weeks. This is a horrible time Mm -hmm. for the CRA to be on strike. However, this is also the best time to be on strike. You know what I wonder a lot every time we hear that there's going to be a public service sector strike is why we time things the way they do. Why is it every time the teachers are in a legal strike position, it's right before the start of the school year? It's never at the end of June. It's always at the beginning of September. When is the federal public service going on strike? Right before the tax deadline. Why? Why do we keep setting up their contracts so that when it's up and we have to renegotiate, It's the optimum time for them to walk out and have leverage over the government. Yeah, it gives them an advantage. Maybe that's the reason why, and they argue that that should be the date. I'm not sure how that begins. Like, where does it first start to be that way? I don't know. I don't get it either. Uh, The Canadian government says they're going to restore funding to Hockey Canada. You You might recall, this goes back to last May, the government pulled its funding of Hockey Canada because it was disclosed that they're using some money that they've been given to pay off settlements Mm -hmm. for people who have accused players and staff of sexual harassment. And I think the most famous one was in 2018. It was alleged that eight players sexually assaulted one woman in a hotel room in London, including members of the World Junior Team. Well, there was some sort of a settlement paid off there, and the government thought, whoa, We're not giving you taxpayer dollars to pay off hush money. What's going on here? I don't know that we ever got any resolution to that, but they say they've reinstated their funding now. One thing I didn't know is the government gives them about $8 million a year. $8 million a year for Hockey Canada. Their actual budget is $98 million. They've got almost $100 million a year to work with. Holy moly. Why do they need any tax money? That's insanity. How could it cost $98 million to function in a year? That's crazy. Are we looking into that? Uh, It's, you know, every now and again, I hear about the different things that we fund, and I think, okay, that's a good use of our taxpayer money. And then every time I hear a good one, I hear about five bad, bad ones. ones. And yeah. I wonder, why are we paying what are for we that? Doing? Why are we funding things that don't need funding? But this goes back to like the whole like blow it all up and start fresh again. Like let's take a new look at all these things that we spend money on. Take a new fresh look at it. 
Because things have changed. It certainly has, Kat. It certainly has. I see Bud Light and Nike ended up in a little bit of controversy while we were gone. <laughs> what are they? What's their fight about? It's using, I hope I say this right, transgender model Dylan Mulvaney. Oh, I did see something about this. And, and there's some people who are outraged that they would tie in with that and that they would go to some of the advertising extremes that they did. And there's others who think it's great and it's inclusive. Either way, they say Bud or Anheuser-Busch lost about $5 billion in value from people saying, fuck it, I'm never drinking Bud Light again. Wow. It's uh, And now there's an apology saying he'll do better from the CEO of Anheuser-Busch. What a He's mess. actually apologizing for it? Yeah, he like said it was a judgment it? call and he got it wrong. Wow. It's... Uh, okay. People took it really personally. Like, don't fuck with people's beer. Don't fuck with it. Right. Apparently, apparently, this is a very personal thing. Sure. I mean, and here, here's the thing, though. And I always say the, the power's in the wallet, too. So if you don't like something, you stop buying it, right? If you're against something, you stop buying it. That clearly speaks to people's thoughts on it, or at least for their demographic yeah. of thoughts on it, right? Absolutely. And you know what? The same still applies. If you don't like what Bud did, then yeah. don't buy Bud. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rogers Center. Aha, yeah. Looks good. The renos are basically complete. This round of renovation is complete. And we've opened up those new outfield districts. And exactly what we said was going to happen is already happening. They're so well done. They're so popular. The sight lines are so good. People don't want to pay $60 to sit in a seat when they can pay $20 and just go and sit in a chair in a bar and watch the game from the Mm -hmm. outfield. Was it just insanity in all those areas, like the standing room kind of areas? So everything I've heard is that there was too many people in certain places. Certain areas were either at capacity with a waiting list or they were just generally probably overpacked to begin with because there were so many people in a small area. It's probably going to need to change. Mm-hmm. Just because if the Jays stay as hot as they are, this is a great start to the season mm-hmm. despite losing yesterday. But if they stay this hot and the Jays continue to be a hot ticket and these $20 tickets continue to be popular, they're either going to have to do a timed entry like, hey, you can come in from the top of the second until the bottom of the third and, and then you got to go. <laughs> Get yeah, out. they're going to have to do that or you're going to have people lining up for a baseball game at 4 p.m. just Yikes. to get in. Can I say that that would also deter me from wanting to go is that now I have to do a time ticket like I can't just wander freely and oh, stumble upon this place. I understand the capacity limits, so it should be. But I kind of like the also the idea of just wandering around if I get that $20 ticket and whenever I feel like it, I can go in there if there happens to be a space for me or hey, I feel like waiting in line, I'll do it or I don't feel like waiting in line. So I don't get in. I don't know if I like that timed idea, but I hear I think it is heading in that direction just based on the amount of people that were in there. Why don't we rip out all the seats or just if leave seats in the yeah. lower bowl and do the yeah. whole thing upstairs, general admission? You could put 80,000 people in there you instead could. of 40,000. You could, as long as you still have accessibility for those people who need to sit or want to sit. That's great. Ontario is hiring a thousand more teachers for specialized math and literacy programs. The education minister made the announcement yesterday, more than $71 million going towards supporting about 300 teachers. It'll double the number of math coaches and hire one math lead per school board to direct curriculum implementation and training. That's great. We do need to do better at math. Here's my question. We don't already have somebody in charge of math? At every school board, 
You mean there are school boards out there where nobody's really in charge of the math program? I mean, individual schools. Individual schools have their math department lead heads, right? Or whatever they're called, like the head of the math department. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. And, and these ones, they're going to call them mathletes. Oh, of course. All right. Sure. Oh, do they get jackets? I hope they get jackets. They better get if you're a mathlete, you better get a fucking yeah, jacket. Yeah, damn right. So they're going to help out with guiding certain teachers that need help, or they can help out specific students if need be. But generally, okay. they're going to make sure that the schools, board-wide, are teaching the appropriate math curriculum. Good. I think that's great. And I hate math. I hate math, too. I just want the right people in those positions, though, because there's math teachers that help you. And then there's math teachers who are pricks. Yep. I had one of those that was so bad to help us. He would just be like, mm, read the textbook again. Like, that doesn't fucking help me. <laughs> you piece of shit. <laughs> like, uh, sorry, I hated that guy so much. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Speaking of the province, they're proposing to lower the minimum age for lifeguards to 15 years old. Okay. You could be a lifeguard starting this summer. Uh, this is because of staff shortages that many pools experienced last summer. Because during COVID, the Life Saving Society couldn't run their certification courses. So the flow of new lifeguards dried up. And there were many, many pools that couldn't find enough staff. So now the Life Saving Society says their programs account for physical cognitive and emotional maturity and judgment. So if you do go to a pool and there's a small person, a young teenager that's in charge of the whole fucking operation, don't worry because they're certified and ready to work. Hmm. That's great. And be that as it may, I'm glad that they passed the course, but you know, lifeguards don't just pull people out of the pool when mm -hmm. they did something stupid or, that, oh, I got in the water and turns out I don't know how to swim. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot more than that. I mean, there's yeah. customers who are dressed inappropriately on the deck. There's people doing running, shit. People running when they're not supposed to be. I think about that, too. That probably happens more often. Yes. And, and while I'm not opposed to the idea of allowing 15-year-olds to be lifeguards, I just think that maybe at 15, you don't necessarily have the confidence in life to come up to, say, someone like me, uh, a 40-something-year-old guy, and say, hey, put your fucking shirt on because nobody with families here wants to see you with your titties out. You know? <laughs> like, there's certain put things. Put that beer away, sir. Yeah. Oh, did you know you can't drink here? Holy shit. So stuff yeah. like that, I think that's going to be an awkward circumstance. But if they've passed the course and they're physically able to help out someone who's drowning, I guess that's the minimum we can expect from a lifeguard, isn't that, it? To me, that's the main thing. I mean, um, making sure that people don't run like and do stupid shit that's going to get them hurt. Uh, 
whatever. If you're going to whistle at someone, like blow that whistle, and be like, don't run, and they keep running, well, fuck, you play shit games, you're going to get shit prizes. <laughs> you're you're going to bust your, you know, your face open, and that's kind of on you. At least the lifeguard was there to kind of signal you. But when it comes to like saving people, and I feel like that's the, that's the most re- responsible part of the job, right? Because you're right. When you think about lifeguards, you think about saving lives. That's the whole point. It's, they name it after that, essentially, and making sure everyone stays alive in the pool or on the beach or whatever it might be. But I, I think about 15-year-olds, there's actually a lot of like large 15-year-olds that I would probably not even notice are 15. And I would be, oh, I'm okay with that. Like as long as they're certified, as long as they're strong enough, they did pass all those tests that they're supposed to pass. Keep in mind the age is 16. It's not like we're going from 20 to 15. We're going from 16 to 15. And if the need and the desire is really there, great. Second thing is watch your own fucking kids too. How about that? Because I think about kids the most when I think about this. That scares me. My kids are taking swimming lessons this year. They're, they don't know how to swim properly. I need to be there too. And I know there's adults who also don't know how to swim very well. In any of those cases, as long as that person is there to do their best job to ensure that nobody gets hurt at the pool, I think I'm fully fine with this. Last week, an announcement about interest rates. Hallelujah. They left the interest rate unchanged. They still say we're probably going to enter a recession if you don't believe we're already in one. And they still say the number one job is to bring inflation down. The problem here is that while the interest rates remain as high as they are, and so many people got blindsided by this, at first it was kind of like, oh, those poor variable rate mortgage holders, they're getting fucked. But now every day more and more people are renewing their fixed rate mortgage and there's, what do you do? Do you get a variable now? Yeah. Because- a lot of people think that interest rates are going to have to drop soon. They likely will because once the government can no longer deny that we're already in a recession, then they're going to have to lower interest rates to stimulate the economy because there's no more money to send out to mm-hmm. Canadians. So we know that interest rates will have to come down. But are we talking like a quarter point, a half a point, or are they going to drop them as quickly as they raise them? So let me ask you, if your mortgage was up for renewal today... Would you take the ch- would you lock in at these high rates or would you roll the dice that it could actually be a better rate if you go variable I which it usually uh, is Man yeah I I would I would maybe go variable but I would I, this is the reason I have a mortgage broker and not that they have a crystal ball but they do have have a good grasp on it I made the right choice the last time I used my mortgage broker to help me with this decision so I probably trust his judgment personally but so obviously with the help of professionals but I think if you just gave, gave me no options to talk to anybody, but just ask me right now, I guess I'd go variable. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I'm glad I'm not in that position yet. Yeah. Yeah. I have a variable rate mortgage. My rate has just gone stupid. I mean, the amount yeah. of, of extra money. Now, fortunately, I can weather a bit of a storm. Yeah. I just had a little bit. I didn't spend as much as I could have yeah. when I got my current house. And, and that turned out to be a great decision because I can keep managing these interest rates. But while interest rates remain high and some people are paying thousands of dollars a month more than they were a year ago, it's crazy. I don't know how they're doing it. I don't know how I'm doing it. But, but people are somehow managing to hang on. Seems like Every couple of days, I hear from yet another person who's like, I got to sell my house because I can't afford it anymore. Yeah. And, and the problem here is when you've got all these people that are asking themselves, can I afford to live here anymore? If they go back into the market to try and buy something that's a little more affordable, 
the prices haven't really come down that much. Yeah. There's still a lot of people that say, yeah, I want to sell, but I'm not selling unless I get that price that I would have got about a year ago. So the whole market is basically on pause. We've got people that can't afford their mortgage. And on top of that, inflation is still high. I, I really wish that we would just get on with it and enter the recession. I, I think we should just say, hey, yeah, we're in a recession. There's no way to deny it anymore. Let's start lowering interest rates because whatever the government is giving us is not enough for not, these people that are struggling. No, and still, and you're right. It's still happening. Like it's it's nonstop. It almost feels like, and I don't want to go all conspiracy theory on you, but it does seem like we're being, uh, some information is being withheld from us. I can't imagine a time where this many people are in this bad a financial situation, and it's not the lead story on every newscast and on the front page of every newspaper. But nobody is talking about it. People are are making choices like, oh, can we actually afford to, to keep living here? Are we going to have to sell because we can't afford our mortgage anymore? Or our rent? We're getting evicted. We're going to be homeless. It's happening to people all across the country every day. And it's not getting talked about. It, it's almost like a whisper. Like, mm -hmm. are you struggling? Yeah, I'm struggling. I, I'm struggling too. And that's how the conversation starts. I, I, I don't know why it's not getting more attention, but it's, uh, it's a strange thing, the news cycle in this country sometimes. Which brings us to this. A Twitter account belonging to CBC has now been labeled government-funded media. Now, CBC's media relations director says the Twitter decision defies its own policy, which says government-funded media may have varying degrees of government involvement over editorial content. The Canadian press emailed Twitter and asked for an explanation for why CBC is now labeled as government-funded media. Twitter responded with a poop emoji. <laughs> oh. Uh -oh. I'll bet you Elon personally replied to that one. He probably did, though. I mean, he knows what's going on. Sure. Hey, listen, let's just be perfectly honest here. The CBC is government-funded media. They get their money from the taxpayers. So the label itself is not wrong. It's the connotation that goes with it. A lot of people feel that when you see that government-funded media, it's nothing but government propaganda. Some people feel that's what the CBC does. Other people feel it's a part of our national fabric. You can feel however you want to feel about it. No matter what, I think all Canadians could probably agree we're spending too much money on this. Mm -hmm. You've got broadcasters like Global, CTV, uh, City, all those news networks. They don't all have a... Beijing correspondent and a Moscow correspondent and a London correspondent and a Washington correspondent. Why? Because it would cost way too much money to have that. CBC's got all the bells and whistles, all the yeah. perks. And what bothers me personally about CBC, I've said this before, is they sell advertising to generate revenue against private broadcasters. But whether they do or don't make their, their monthly sales quota, the government will be there to back it's them fine. up, to bail yeah, them out. They're good. So they can spend as much as they want. They can pay somebody 10 times more than they're worth. They can hand out multi-million dollar bonuses to their executives. It doesn't work that way, as everyone understands, with the private companies mm -hmm. who have to pay out of their pocket. And if they don't make payroll, they actually lose money. The government's not going to be there saying, ah, here's an extra billion. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, you guys had a yeah, rough year. We'll cover you. It's fine. I just wish the CBC would pick a lane, either be publicly funded or be privately funded through selling advertising. Taking from both pots, 
Ah, I have a problem with that. But it seems like CBC is going to be the topic of conversation. It's news about the news. The news and who will cover that story? <laughs> Tune in tonight to find out. <laughs> it is hard to watch CBC, though, without noticing at least a little bit of a bias there. Last thing I want to mention is last week was gorgeous. Mm-hmm. This is a shit start to this week because it's cloudy and Ugh, what, 10 degrees today. Hey, any other time in April, we'd be just fine with this. But we got spoiled last week yeah. when we got up into the 30s. Great for April. The garden centers this weekend were lit. I We were just at the Home Depot yesterday stopping by to... Well, we were supposed to just quickly stop by to pick up fertilizer, but it ended up taking quite a while because it was insane. Everyone had the same idea, right? Oh, the weather's nice. We fertilize right before the rain comes, so it was perfect. It was like, yes, drop that down, and then the rain will come. It's perfect timing. And, uh, yeah, it was insane there. Like, their outdoor area, packed. People are, like, just excited to plant stuff. Are you even supposed to plant some things? Like, I don't have a green thumb, and I think we've been through that before, so I'm not I'm not judging anybody. But aren't there certain things we're not supposed to plant yet? I've got a green thumb and four fingers that are the same color. I <laughs> love gardening. And this is something that I started during the pandemic. This yeah. was my pandemic thing when I thought, shit, I could just grow my own stuff. Mind you, I also thought we were going to be going through an apocalypse of some sort. And I thought I should be somewhat self-sustainable. So <laughs> right. I-, I learned how to garden. <laughs> and and I'll tell you, I've already got my seeds started, but they stay in the garage. So I throw the garage door open during the day. They get some nice sunlight and a nice breeze. And then at night, they're inside so that they don't get bit by frost. There's right. still a frost risk. You can't have your plants outside there are, right now. Yeah, there are. So mine are starting to sprout already. If you need some kale or cilantro or anything, it's all starting to bud right now. Kat, you just let me know, and I got you hooked up. And I won't charge you nearly as much as Galen Weston does. <laughs> what, I do have, <laughs> what I do have a problem with is some of the fees that we charge at the garden center. I, yesterday, was on a mission for a couple of different things. Number one, I was looking for fertilizer. Does $5 seem like a good amount of money for a bag of cow shit? It's a bag of cow manure. $5. I don't know. I don't know what the going rate for shit is, to be honest with you. I couldn't compare. And see, for all I know, maybe that's a great deal. It just seems like a lot of money for cow shit. And then, wood chips. All I needed was some black wood chips because I've, I've got some decorative landscaping and the wood yeah. chips go in there and it looks all great. Oh, it smells nice too. So it's very, very inexpensive to get wood chips if you buy it online. The problem is everybody bought it online and picked it up at the store because they won't deliver it. And now the prices are going through the roof. If you can get it, it's going to cost you a lot of money or you've just got to wait for more stock to come in. And it occurred to me, Six bucks for one and a half cubic feet of mulched up tree seems like a lot of money. I mean, we were making this mulch anyway. Every time we run a tree through the machine to make paper and all that other sort of stuff, that byproduct can just be chopped up and thrown in the garden. Why are we charging six bucks for a bag of it? Is that reasonable? I don't know. Maybe it is. It just seems like a lot of money. Yeah, I don't know. We we usually get a little bit at a time. Like right now in the garage, we ended up picking up some some mulch because we were going to do it eventually, but we're waiting a little bit longer to actually do the garden. But picking up like 10 bags at a time just to kind of <laughs> lessen the blow uh-huh. of how much it costs. Well, the frustrating <laughs> thing is you can get the bags and, and I need about one and a half cubic yards. 
it's actually cheaper to buy individual bags than it is to buy the big yellow bag that they go and drop on your lawn. That is more expensive than the individual bags. So I don't know what I'm going to do, but if you work in, in, in a garden center and you don't mind if a couple of them fall off the back of the truck and into mine. And into yours, yeah. I'll, I'll, uh, I'm not going to rat you out. I'm not going to rat you out at all. You just slide into the DMs here. Okay, we got to go. We're going to leave you with the replay of Missed Connections and a whole bunch of topics that we didn't even get to today. But we're back. You can hear After 9 every single day. And until tomorrow, have a great one. Bye, friends. Missed Connections, if you're a new listener, welcome, is where we connect two people who have had an encounter in the past and one can't find the other, so they just told the story online, hoping the other person would see it and think, oh, that's me. I got to reach out and contact him. We intercept those from time to time, and here is Missed Connections. This is called the Super Cute Bud Tender. This is a man looking for a woman. I met you briefly today at a cannabis store. I was feeling your vibe. I called in a couple hours later to see if you had more of what I ordered. I was really just hoping to talk to you again. I'd like to get to know you better. If you need to chat, message me. Tell me the name of the store so we can confirm this connection and get together. I'm interested in friendship or possibly more. Weird to pick up the bud tender. I don't know that that happens very often or maybe it happens more often than we think. Do people realize customer service comes with like smiles and being helpful? Or do people just automatically think, you're smiling at me. You <laughs> want this. Or maybe there was a flirtation. Maybe we there don't know. was. Maybe. Hey, listen, I would think that this could be the next new frontier in the dating front. Hey, forget the, the bars and the clubs. Forget the grocery store, which was hot for a little while. Let's go to the cannabis store and pick up. By the way, how bad did he want it that he called like an hour later? I wanted to see if you had more of what I ordered. Like, give the girl a minute. You're not even I fully can't. high yet. You've got to wait, dude. Hey, do you have what I asked you for? Like, you just you just left the store, sir. I'm still looking it up for you. It doesn't ship right away. It's going to take a couple days. Why don't you calm down? I think he was expecting more of like an Uber Eats kind yeah, of scenario. But- that's not how this works. No, 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 no. Uh, this next one is incredible. Just incredible. It's the, called the Bingo Hall Beauty in Toronto. Man for woman. You almost pooped your pants at the bingo hall last week. Mm. I was the one that helped you find the bathroom. <laughs> I could tell it was a bad situation. So I told you, run! <laughs> <laughs> Run! Run! You look like you need to run right now. How bad was it that she needed help to find it? I'll help you find that. Run! It's that way. <laughs> run as fast as you can. You, you were holding on to the back of your pants for dear life. Bingo! Oh, no! Under the O! Oh, God! When you came out about 27 minutes later, you thanked me with a nod. 27 minutes? Did you time it? How did you know? That's precise. Somebody had the fish. (laughs) Never eat the fish at the bingo hall. (laughs) Doing a fish fry fundraiser at the church this weekend. Come play some bingo. We're not even sure what year those fish were caught, right? Don't do it. 
You thanked me with a nod, and no worries, my princess. You left right afterwards, but I want to let you know. You weren't alone. I destroyed a men's stall in the exact same building in September of 22. Oh. Bad salad. Bad salad. Okay. All right. <laughs> Some contaminated romaine. It was bad. Listen. To try and make her feel better is noble. Good for you. She's probably very embarrassed that she just demoed a toilet at the bingo hall for 27 minutes. Good for you for trying to make her feel good about it. Making her feel good about it by telling her how you wrecked one last time, that is probably not going to achieve that goal, my so? friend. You don't think it'll make her feel like she's not alone? Oh, oh other people poop of, too. Everybody has the poops. <laughs> I'm just wondering what it felt like for her sitting there in the bingo hall bathroom for that long. And like hearing out in the out in the hall in the background, like under the eye. <laughs> <laughs> and I, then you hear like people go, Yay! Bingo! I find it amazing that she she had to hold her pants as she ran to the bathroom. I mean, that's an advanced stage of I gotta go when you're holding your pants. I'd probably say run too. Run! Away Get out of here. Turn away from me. Go that way. Poor thing was probably mortified. You might want to run backwards. So... You, you, you finally get your number called, and they're like, B5. You're like, bingo! Oh, no! Oh, God. Oh! You probably wouldn't even realize until you stood up. That's why she was holding her pants as she was running to the bathroom. I knew I should have brought my lucky troll. <laughs> oh, I got to go to the bingo hall more often. It sounds like it's yeah, lit. It's great. That's a great time. There's people... Pooping themselves and winning cash. It's great. <laughs> you can get it all at the bingo hall. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. A new report from the CDC shows that in 2021, cases of sexually transmitted diseases jumped by 7% to what experts describe as nursing home levels. <laughs> A group of hikers in Great Britain had to be rescued when they got lost after taking psychedelic mushrooms. More embarrassing, they never actually left the house. <laughs> Kathleen Karate was announced as New York City's first rat czar, a title that was formerly known as Miss Staten Island. 